You're listening to the Bright City Podcast. To hear more about our gatherings, groups, and what's going on in the life of our church, visit brightcity.church or follow Bright City Church on Instagram. Today's message is from Pastor Nick. Amen. Good morning, Bright City. Happy 2023. So, this, so I've been calling it the Jordan year. Anybody else the Jordan year? Which says something to the GOAT conversation. Like, I didn't call it the LeBron year. I called it the, the Jordan year. It's another sermon. Anyway, my name's Nick. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, we are in the middle of starting a new year, but also we are celebrating nine years uh, as a church this month. So we're so excited of all that God is doing uh, in and through Bright City. So today, here's what I would love to do. I would love to answer the question how do I grow? So that's, that's the question that I'm going to try to answer today. I'm going to ask the question and try to answer it. How do I grow? And so the thing about growth and the thing about flourishing is sometimes I think we can get to the place, especially in the new year, where we're like, okay, is this like one of those like products of Hallmark where they're like pushing growth on me, like happy growth year and everybody's getting a card? Or is this like a product of the culture? Like, I don't want to grow. Like, how dare you tell me to grow? Like, you you grow your own self. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, world, but you're on fire and I'm doing fine. Like, you are the dumpster fire in this relationship. I'm not the dumpster fire. Everything is fine with me. And so sometimes we get this impression that it's actually uh, just an outside force pushing inward into our lives, forcing us to grow. But one of the things that I find when I read Scripture and when I look at the heart of the Father is there is a desire for each one of us to grow and each one of us to flourish. And that actual desire was rooted in the garden. So when Adam and Eve were created, and when God created Adam and Eve, He put them in perfection. He put them in the garden. And in verse uh, is Genesis 1:28, He says, "Be fruitful and increase." Right. And so it's God off the bat, like, "Hey, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're in the garden, and I'm so glad that we are going to enjoy each other's company. But I need you to know that you are created to grow." You are created to flourish. There is something in you that I'm going to give you and I'm going to put inside of you and you are going to cultivate this in the world. I mean, how incredible is that? Like some of you are still trying to catch up with that first cup or second cup of coffee and you're trying to just wrap your mind around you being present in church. Like I, I, I get points for being here, right? Yes, you get points. But let me just press in a little further and say that God has written growth and flourishing over your life, whether you realize it or not. And so this is just something that He is putting in us in the beginning, in short, to make something of this life. And I think if we can realize and walk through life with the fragility of what life is, like we're not, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed next week. We're not guaranteed next year. And so how do we make the most of what God is doing in our life? And how do we grow and steward who God has made us to be? And so one of the things that we do as a culture is we express these things 
through goals, right? And goals can be kind of tricky and swirly thoughts, right? Because you're like, okay, how do I do this in such a way where I'm not tapping out in February? Because when I said to half of the room, like, hey, you're enjoying your second cup of coffee, there is a small remnant of you that were like, I, don't, I gave up coffee and caffeine and, and how dare he talk about coffee in the house of God? Like, does he know the struggle that I'm in? And so goals can be this swirly thing for our hearts. Like, should we even set goals? Is it worth it? How do I know which goals to make a priority? One of the things that I have found out in my life, and one of the things that we teach in our Way of the Bright class, which is our ownership class for Bright City, is that if you have too many priorities, you don't have priorities. So it's like, okay, so, all right, let me step back for a second. Like, how do I pour into the right things in the things that God's called me to do. And I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes when I am stepping on the cusp of making goals, I have a little fear. Like there's just a little bit of fear because I don't know about you, but I don't like unmet expectations and being disappointed, right? Like anyone else? You're like, yeah, yeah. Three years with God asking for this one thing. And that, that, that's hard hard place to be. And so how do I humbly approach the creator of the universe, the sovereign God who is Lord over all and is holding it all together like we are singing? How do I approach him and say, hey, God, how are you doing? It's good. You know, I know we haven't talked since Christmas. Anybody else? Just me. He's like, yeah, manual God with us. And then I had Christmas. I would like to do this thing, but I just, I, I, I just don't want to be disappointed. And so there's, there's a fear that's associated with us setting goals. Like, what if I fail? Like, what if it doesn't happen? Here's a greater thing that could be on your heart, and it could be just me, is like, what if you actually succeed and God actually gives growth and great change is required? It's like, oh man, like he is increasing, he is growing, he is doing. And at least in my own life, I find the more that God is at work in my life, the less I need to be at work in my life. And what I mean by that is there is more surrender required when God is, has spiritual momentum in your life. And so how, how do I get to this place where I'm able to surrender everything that I have before God? And what if I actually do the things that I've set out to do? So have you ever felt like this? Like, have you ever just had these moments with God where you're just trying to get honest? You're like, hey, God, I have been praying for X for a long time. It's not happening. And I'm just, I'm just done. I'm tired of knocking on heaven's door. I'm tired of setting goals. I'm tired of doing this. I'm tired of doing that. And I just don't know if I can press in anymore. And the other thing I find with goals is my strategy is interesting. I don't know if you're like me, so I'm just going to tell you my strategy. And I actually kind of have a little illustration to the madness of what my strategy is like. And so usually I'll set a few goals, right? So like, here's the goal. I want to grow in wisdom this year. So I'm going to read 53 books a month. And I'm going to listen to at least like 90 of them throughout the whole year. And so is it reading goals? You're like, I'm crushing my reading goal. Maybe it was a Bible reading plan and you're like, okay, here we go. Genesis 1. 
And then it's like, what are we, seven days, eight days in? Genesis 1, here we are. And that's okay. But So we're growing in wisdom. Gibson, you are a very wise man, so I'm going to have you hold on to this rope. You can just let it dangle right here. So I've got, I've got wisdom. So this is, this is growth step number one. I want to grow in wisdom. I want to try to figure out what it means to learn and walk in the ways of God. And not only that, but I've got to read all the other books that help me do the things that I'm supposed to do in life. So I've got those books. And then, by God's grace, we have these wonderful things called podcasts. And so now I've got to listen to the podcast and keep up with the podcast. And then I've got to make sure I'm implementing the steps on the podcast so that I can grow in wisdom. And so I have my wisdom rope here. And then I have decided that I am going to do what I've been saying that I'm going to do for my whole life. And I'm finally going to get mad fit, as they like to say on Ted Lasso. So I'm getting mad fit this year. Eric, you're going to hold my mad fit rope. <laughs> Because you are mad fit. And so this is the year that I'm setting all the mad fit goals. And not only that, I'm actually going to achieve the mad fit goals. Like when the Super Bowl parties happen, like I'm doing like dare drugs. Just say no. Like I'm saying no to the buffalo chicken dip, even though I want the buffalo chicken dip. And so I'm going to get mad fit. And then, I don't know if you know me, some of you we just met. But I've got four kids, and I sometimes remember their names in order. And so I've got to figure out how to grow them up in the way of God in this world when sometimes they don't want God or they don't want me, and they're trying to figure out how they can move out of the house as quick as possible so they can do the things in their life that they want to do. And so I love my kids, but you know we're in the teenage years. And so rather than like tying this rope around me and tying it to like a firm foundation, I'm still trying to figure out how to pursue my kids and love them in the way of God. Kana, you are a wonderful mom, so you're going to hold my parenting rope. And so now I've got parenting that I've got to figure out. And I've got to figure out how to do like four meetings of hangout time and then also figure out how to be a part-time Uber driver to get them to all the places that they need to go in this life in Jesus' name. So I've got my kids, mad fit, then I've got wisdom over here. And then because I have four kids, I've got to figure out how in the world I'm going to be able to financially support them, right? And so budget, right? Anybody else do the January budget? Oh, hallelujah. Okay, you get the budget rope. <laughs> so now I've got to figure out how on earth I'm going to feed these kids and they eat more and they, they do all the things they're supposed to do. And then we've got to figure out how to do like family night and all that on a budget. And then, oh, by the way, hashtag Charleston. Like we live here where like a can of Coke is like $4. And so we go to home team and my kids are like, hey, can we get a drink? of Sprite. And I'm like, yeah, sure, son. Come back. And it's like $5 for the fountain. And it's like, okay, we could have just purchased the actual fountain at this point, <laughs> kept it at our house, brought our Sprite with us. It'll be great. So I've got all these financial goals that I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to set them, 
how I'm going to do them, how I'm going to track them. Like, I know that they have all these softwares, but they're always categorizing them in the wrong ways. And then I got to figure out how, when we have these unplanned moments in our lives that are emergencies or things that we didn't figure out would happen, and I've got to figure out what fund that's coming from. And I'm going to tell you right now what fund it's coming from. It's coming from the fund that I don't have. And so I've got to figure out how to budget for that. And then you all have met my wonderful wife. And so I've got to figure out how to keep her, right? <laughs> like she's, she's not here this morning. And so that has instilled a lot of reverence in my life towards her. And so I've got to figure out how on earth I'm going to pursue my wife in a way that loves her well and serves her well and still makes her want to be with me 17 years later. So we got to keep it fresh. So I got to figure out, all right, I'm giving it to Jess's mom. Deb, you're going to hold my marriage literally and figuratively. Tight, please tight, tight. And then you guys, for whatever reason, how wonderful it is, you guys keep showing up every Sunday. And this is wonderful. And this is my job. And this is what I get to do. And so I got to figure out how are we supposed to grow in the spirit of God in this church and how God's supposed to move. And then I've got the things that I'm supposed to do for the church, like work on the church. And then I've got to work for the church. And so there's like two separate jobs within the church that I've got to figure out how to hold on. And then I'm like a TED Talk speaker, like on the weekends. And so I get up here and I give talks and I'm trying to figure out how that works. And then I'm trying to figure out how to do this and how to do that. So I've got my job. Anna, you're going to hold my job because you literally hold my job sometimes. <laughs> Anna does everything here at Bright City. And then if we're lucky, like if there's like because we've got got Molly, we've got the budget. If we're lucky, there's like the adventure that we want to do in life. Right. Like we got the bucket list travel in our spare time. Right. It's like, yeah, when we just get some spare time and we figure out how we can. I'll use our time off and then I got to figure out how to have sick days and all the things. And so how on earth am I going to go see all these wonderful places in the world? Like, have you have you been on Instagram lately? Have you seen where people are going? It's incredible. I'm like, why on earth would anyone live in the United States? Like there is a wide world out there and it is incredible where the dollar multiplies and everything is flowing with blue water and sandy beaches and all the things. And so now I've got to figure out how on earth I'm going to manage all my travel in the midst. Sadler sisters, I'm coming for y'all because y'all <laughs> live the whole wide world of travel. You know who you are. <laughs> and so I have all these things. And then I've got to figure out how on earth I'm supposed to grow in my relationship with God, right? Like, he's got to fit in here somehow, right? Like, he's got to be, like, in the menu some way, shape, or form. Like, he's, I've got to figure out how I'm not going to get frustrated and I'm not going to lose my mind and I'm still going to tr- figure out how to try to follow Jesus and I've got to figure out how I'm not going to ruin everyone's life around me. And I've got to figure out how on earth there's supposed to be, like, a fruit of the Spirit in my heart when sometimes I don't want to be nice to people and I figure out how to love my coworkers and how to, how to do all this. So there's the stuff under the hood 
that needs to happen, right? And so I've got to figure out how to keep the faith in the center of it all. And I've got to figure out how I'm going to continue to follow Jesus, continue to love Jesus. Because I, I just, spoiler alert, just because I work for the church doesn't mean I follow Jesus. And so I've got to figure out how to balance that in the midst of trying to work in a church and go to a church. And how do I keep it fresh? How do I do all the things I'm supposed to do in my life? And so what I've discovered and what I'm presenting to you for 2023 is rather than being like a puppeteer where you're trying to figure out how you're going to jiggle the marriage rope and then you're going to come over here in professional rope and then get wisdom because I got to get wisdom and then travel because I need to travel and then finances and then I've got to go to the gym and then that requires me getting up at 4 a.m. but I don't want to get up at 4 a.m. and then I've got to figure out my family and all this stuff rather than trying to figure out how you're going to be a puppeteer in your life and try to grow your life with the goals that you've set out. What if rather than being responsible for 10 different ropes, you took responsibility and held the one rope. Yeah. Right? Like, like this is maddening. Like this leads to burnout. This is the February crash right here. Like, okay, I tried that whole goal thing. Man, that, they don't know. Somebody broke that. Like, fix it, Jesus. Like, because somebody, they, it was a bad, bad plan and the planners and the calendars and the things and I, that's and so what if we said hey you know what I'm not going to try to figure out how to juggle every single rope I'm going to really really focus on juggling one rope and then what if I juggle the one rope and I cling to the one rope and the one rope takes care of everything else all right so here's the deal thank you guys for your rope holding you can throw them toss them whatever so this is John 15, right? So Jesus is giving his disciples some of his last words and his last teachings. And if I was the disciple, here's what I would feel like when Jesus is saying he's going to a place and he is leaving this earth and he is stepping into his next and that he's leaving me the keys to the kingdom. I would have felt a lot of pressure in that moment. I'd have been like, all right, well, it's time to produce. Like we got to get going. We got to get growing. We got to do the things that we've been created to do. And I left the family business. And if I don't do this well, my dad is going to throw mad shade at my life and tell me I told you so. And so if I'm Peter, if I'm the disciples, I'm like, hey, I got to figure this thing out. But what's interesting is that as Jesus is giving them to the, the keys to the car, and as he's presenting the ropes that he's, they're supposed to hold in this life, he drops this amazing verse and this amazing passage, really, really focusing them on the one rope. And this is John 15, starting in verse 1. He says, I am a true sprouting vine. So this is Jesus. He's given the I am statements. He's like, hey, I've been telling you who I am, but I need you to know that there is going to be chaos coming. And rather than being freaked out and trying to figure out where you're planted and how you're going to grow, I need you to remember that I, Jesus, am the vine. And then he says, the farmer who tends to the vine is my father. And so immediately he's saying, hey, I need you to know that things are going to be from me. They're going to be for me. But I need you to believe that things are only going to happen by me. 
So that's what he's presenting right here. And he's saying, he cares for the branches, which is you and I, connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branches, branch to yield a great harvest. The words I have spoken over, your, uh, over you have already cleansed you. So you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, it will not grow, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. So kind of what he's saying here is he's like, hey, if you're going to play the role in your life where you're going to try to figure out how to hold all the ropes, at a certain point, you only have so many hands, so you've got to let go of this rope. How many of you feel that like probably, you know, early spring where you're like, man, I, I, I got to get back to faith, man. This, this world's crazy. Like, I, I just need some Jesus. Like, I've been doing the thing and busy and occupied and running around and doing this and doing that. I, just, I need some Jesus. And so he's, he's, he's making that point. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown in the fire to be burned. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you ask whatever you desire and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you will demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify the Father. So he's giving us this vision of what happens if we're not willing to play the game and we're willing to hold on to the one rope. And now if, 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 if you're you and I'm me, the next question you have to ask is like, how on earth am I going to do this? Like, because one of those ropes was my job rope. And I'm going to tell you, like, if I were to call my boss tomorrow and just say, hey, boss, just want to let you know I'm taking a sick day. And he goes, hey, why are you taking a sick day? He'd be like, I just want you to know I got to hold my Jesus rope. He's going to be really confused at what you just said. And then you're impressing. He's like, I got all these ropes in my life. And I got a pastor said that I, I could be a puppeteer or I can figure out how to hold the one rope, the Jesus rope. And then like he at some point here, she's going to hang up the phone on you. And be like, OK, you need to go to the mental hospital. Like, I don't even know what you're saying, because what happens in our lives is that we still have responsibilities tomorrow. Right. Like we still have deadlines. We still have jobs. We still have tasks. We still have kids who are going to make new demands of our lives tomorrow and start new fires literally or figuratively in our homes and in our lives. Like, how, how do we do this and how do we hold on to the one rope that Jesus is asking us to hold on to and still experience growth in our lives? Like, how do we hold on to this rope and the rest of the ropes do the things that they're supposed to do? So I want to give you two things that I believe are going to help you hold on to the rope that you have in your life that is connected to Jesus so that in this year you will be able to start, sustain the spiritual momentum that God has for you 
in this year because I don't want you to start and not be able to sustain. Let me rephrase that. God does not want you to start and not be able to sustain. And so how do we achieve the flourishing and the growth that he promises in his scripture? So one of the first things that we need to remember is proximity, proximity. I love the holiday seasons. I love what they remind us. They remind us that God is with us. So we sing songs about Emmanuel. We celebrate that God came to earth in the form of Jesus, and now he is with us. But I think sometimes in our lives, we cling to God with us and discard the truth that God wants us to be with him. So here's what that means. I found this on the web. Golly. Suri's about to tell us. Oftentimes, I am doing things in my life and I'm inviting God into those things and that is great. But I think sometimes God is knocking at your door and asking you to follow Him into the things that He has for your life. And so God is with you. Like you blow off church next week and you go to the beach because it's like the 170 degree today that we have. If you feel like you've got to brunch it with your friends because hashtag community and like I just need some, some time with my peoples and like some mimosas, like I get it. I understand that God is with you. You know why? Because it's not based on your works. It's not based on your attendance. It's based on Jesus on the cross. But here's the crazy thing about the gospel is that when we accept the work of Jesus, then we also accept the work that we do for Jesus. And what that means is that God wants to take us places in this world to love the people that he wants us to love, to do the things that he wants us to do, to do them in the order that he wants us to do them. But we have to go with him rather than holding our ropes and say, hey, God, I'm holding this rope. It's the relationship rope and I'm holding this rope and Emmanuel, God with me. And I hope Emmanuel, God is with Brad. And the one day that we can form a perfect union and we can get married. And I have been waiting and I have been waiting. And God, I'm inviting you into this. Okay, God, you're not going to come with me. That's okay. I'll go alone. And then Brad turns out to be a train wreck. And now you're coming back to God. You're trying to find your Jesus rope. It's right where you left it. And it's okay. All right, I'm clinging to Jesus. What if you avoided that cycle? Like, well, Nick, it's kind of fun. I just say, <laughs> like, can a guy dream? Like, can he get out there and date? Yeah. But what if you waited on God? What if you stayed near to God? What if the freak out that you're having about your finances was less about you inviting God to be in whatever scheme that you have to get you out of it and more about God inviting you into the miracle that he has for you? Like, I, like I get it. Like, it is, it is so hard, the tension to try to figure out, like, how do I know if God is doing this or if God is doing that? And I, I just be honest, like I know sometimes we jump out into it and it, it, it's a train wreck before we start. And we're like, OK, got to keep going, got to keep doing it. It's like, what if, what if we just paused and just said, hey, God, God are you are you in this? Are, are, are you 
in the place that you're asking me to, to go. And so you, you said, Nick, well, like, I, again, I can't call my boss and just say, hey, you know, I was, was going to come in today, but I felt like Jesus was telling me to, you know, go get coffee and have some me time. So how, do, how does this work in the world? Well, I don't think it determines as much where you go, but how you go where you go. And here's what I mean by that, is that before you show up in your job, you sit in the car or you on the way when you drive there or when you're going there and you say, hey, God, what do you have for me today? Like, I've still got the reports and I've got the budgets and I've got the deadlines and I've got all the things. But but what do you have for me today? Like, where are you going? What are you doing? Here's a crazy part. You ready for this one? Who do you want me to love? It's like, oh, I thought this was about me. I thought it was about me time. 23, Jordan year, me. It's like, God's like, hey, no, no, I'm inviting you into this relationship. I'm inviting you into this process. I'm inviting you here. I'm inviting you there. I'm inviting you here. I'm inviting you there because I want you to go with me. I am with you, but I want you to be with me. Like, here's the beautiful thing about the kingdom is the kingdom goes forward and it prepares a way. And so when Jesus is about to show up, John Baptist is literally like, hey, prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way of the Lord. Sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, where is God? And God's like, I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm not over there. I told you I wasn't over there. You still convince yourself that I was over there, but I'm actually over here. No, this is the way, this is the way. And here's the crazy thing about God. He's not gonna bully you into following him. He's a loving father. He's a loving father. He's gonna love you into following him. If you don't believe that, you look at that cross. He didn't say, earn your way to God. He said, hey, I'm going to make a way. And so when it comes to our lives, if we're going to hold on to the one rope, we got to make sure we're in proximity to what he's doing, to where he's moving, to what he's, where he's going. Does it pay the bills? It does. And that's what he wants to show you. Does it solve the conflicts in your life? It does. And that's how he wants you to trust him. And so we've got to be in proximity to him. We've got to stay focused on him. We've got to talk to him. I think sometimes we think Christianity is a ritual, but it's actually a relationship. Like, I'm so grateful for this rhythm, but it is a relationship. Talk to the creator of the world because Jesus has made a way for you to talk to him. It's a Bible reading plans incredible. I bet you could slaughter some uh, trivia when it comes to the Bible. Like, go for it in the name of Jesus. But don't forget that this is all about talking to the Father through the way of the Son so that you can be guided by the power of the Holy Holy Spirit and the presence of God so that you can do the things that He's calling you to do in this world. And so in proximity, we've got to make sure that we are staying in proximity to where God has us. Like, and I'm just saying one more thing, like sometimes that means gathering and doing the things as the people of God. You like you're trying to be like a solo ninja Christian and you're like, this isn't working. Jesus is stupid. Like he he lied about this. This is not like he told me the yoke was easy and the burden was light. It got heavier. 
Yes, it got heavier because the enemy got more up in your face and in your life and all the things that he has for you. And you cannot be a solo Christian alone. And if you try to be a solo Christian alone, you are going to be miserable. He's created a family. He's created a people. And here's the craziest thing is even though the, cra- the family's crazy and the people are crazy and the family of God doesn't have it all figured out, that is where he has chosen to dwell. So how about you? you're going to hang on to the rope, you've got to stay in proximity to the rope. I, I, I don't know if you noticed this, but this is the shortest rope after, out of all of them. That's what Jesus says. He says, narrow is the way, right? Sometimes it is the shorter rope. But I'm telling you, if you pull the shorter rope and you stay with him and you follow him into the things that he's asking you to go and do and follow and be among him, if you can experience that surrender, I promise you, you're going to be working with the current rather than against the current. So we have proximity, and then we have another word that I'm sure you all love, which is called patience. <laughs> Golly, start. I've said this before, I'll say it again. God is not a microwave. And you're like, that's okay, I got an Instapot. God is not an Instapot. He is a slow cooker. It's just what he does. Um, the biggest toil that I have when it comes to farming and produce and all the things when we're speaking of abiding in fruit is finding a parking spot at Trader Joe's, which actually has become really hard these days. Might as well just like start my own farm. It might be easier. But one of the things that I've learned about farming is that when you plant a seed, there's actually a time period that you will not bear any fruit. There's still growth but there's not fruit that happens yet. So there could be fruit, but it's gonna take two to five years for there to be fruit. So that's a long time. I am with you, that is a long time. Here's another thing about fruit, is that sometimes fruit does not happen the same every year. You're like, oh no, yes it does, Nick. I go to Trader Joe's, they've got the avocados. Sometimes they're a little greener, but I pick them out and you know, just throw them in a paper bag and we're good and I get the green bananas and then after a week it happens and I you know, get the apples, I put them in the fridge, they crisp up, it's good. I get apples when I want to. Well, I'm telling you there is a world in creation where that does not happen and when you are growing things, sometimes there is a lot of fruit in one year and sometimes it doesn't seem like there's any fruit, but there is still a God who is working in the midst of it all. And so we have to be patient when it comes to the growth that He wants in our lives. And so is it really hard to hold on to this rope when you're feeling like, oh man, I just... I don't know how I can hold on to this thing anymore. Like it would be so much easier to go pick up the financial rope and just say, I'm going to fix it. Like, I mean, it's so much easier, right? Like you pick up the rope and then you're like, oh, I'm not qualified to handle that rope. That was a heavier rope than I thought about. It's like one of those battle ropes that people work out with. And I just, that was not the rope I wanted. If you are going to see the growth and the fruit that you desire in your life, and here's the crazy thing, is that desire in your heart sometimes is from God. If you are going to see God things in your life, you are going to have to practice godly patience. And that means you are going to have to hold on to this rope, and you're not going to let go when you want to, when you want to let go. Like, it's going to be so much easier to let go. Like, there is going to be an enemy of your soul whispering in your ear to just let go. 
He's going to say, hey, this is a simple fix. You can fix it. Like, hey, this is a simple growth pattern. You can do it. And here's the crazy thing. If you are lucky enough to start the growth that you desire in your life, it is going to be exhausting to maintain it. You're not qualified. So when Jesus says in Matthew 11, 28-30, Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He is inviting a people who have tried to do it on their own for too long. And so that is the warning that I have for you. Patience is always a greater payoff than you being producing the things that He has for you in your life. Patience always wins. So when it comes to your life, how's the patience? Like, I ask that question to me, and I just want to laugh. Like, <laughs> God, you already know. <laughs> we don't even have to talk about that. And I, don't, I don't want to talk about it. It's off the table, God. I don't, I don't want to talk about that. But I promise you, if you can patiently hold this rope, and you've decided that this is the rope that I'm going to hold on to, and on some days, it is going to look like you're a local. And you're like, why did I even hold on to this rope? Like, why did, I, why did I even grab this rope? This wasn't even the longest rope. I don't even know. Like, why did I grab this rope? I promise you, I promise you that you will see the payoff if you don't give up. And when I say give up, I mean solve it on your own. Do it on your own. The one who calls you, this is, this is 1 Thessalonians 5, I think, 24. The one who calls you is faithful. Can we all agree with that? Can I tell you the second part of that verse? He will do it. Ouch. Crap. Dang it. Here, I'm going to say this. I don't, go with me. It is so much easier to be not a Christian. It is. It is like, like it looks good because it looks good. But I promise you, I promise you, if you can cling to the rope of Jesus, you will not be disappointed. So where's the growth that you have in your life? What do you want to see God do? What do you want to see him do this year? You know, like even if you're scared to admit it, like you know what you want to see. And here's the most beautiful thing about that is like God gives us the desires of our heart. And so there, there are things in there that you are desiring that seem impossible, that seem like I've been waiting on this forever and I don't know how it's going to happen and all the things like you've got your list. But, but he loves to bless his kids. Like when we, we read more into this verse, like it talks about the word being in us and then somehow we pray and then when we pray, he does what we ask. You're like, that's what I've been wanting this whole time. That's what I've been wanting. And God's like, hold on. I'm doing a growth in you so that I can do a growth through you. So what do you want to see grow this year? Here's something else I've noticed about this rope. And I'll close with this. That all growth is grace. It just is. Like we're all products of what we don't deserve. We just are. Like that's the beauty of the gospel is we get what we don't earn. But one of the things I've learned about this rope is that actually like I think I'm holding on to it. But you know the cool part about this rope is like he's actually holding on to me. Like this rope has actually got me. Like it's like, hey, me, tug, tug. And God's like, yeah, it's me. I, I was... 
you think you're holding it with your hand. I got you in a harness, and <laughs> Nick, you're crazy, and we need to call OSHA because we've got some violations going on over here, and we need just to make sure your harness is fixed and right and good. That's, that's the gospel. Like, like he is holding you as you hold on to him. So here's the question. Are you going to hold on to him in 2023? Are you going to hold on to him? Or are you going to try to be a puppeteer of your life and try to figure out how you're going to hold all the ropes and do all the things and, and then you're going to be exhausted and then you're going to be mad at God and you're like, God, how could you do this to me? And God's like, I didn't do this to you. You did this to yourself, but I'm still here. I still have the rope and I'm still waiting on you. Growth is grace and what grace it is that we get to hold on to this rope. I want to close with one verse because you're probably like, Nick, you still don't understand. You still don't believe me. Still got to go to work tomorrow. I still got to pay the bills. I still got to do this and I still got to do that. So I'm giving you Jesus's words. Are you ready for this? So above all other rope, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Who's worried about tomorrow? Me. I'm one on four with the kids. Like carpool's coming. I figure out how I got a job and I've got fit goals and all the, all the things. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself because Jesus is Lord over today and he is Lord over tomorrow. 2023, you are going to be tempted to seek a lot of things, but seek first the king and his kingdom and all the ropes are going to take care of himself. Let me pray for us. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would just help us hold the ropes that we're supposed to hold to, that we would uh, just hold on to the rope of Jesus, that we would believe that he is the way, that he is the vine, that he is going to bring growth, that he is going to be flourishing. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray right now, if there is worry in the house of God, I pray that you would bring the peace. If there are questions in the heart of your kids, I pray that you would just bring comfort. And Father, we just know that you are a God who can do immeasurably more. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we are holding on to the rope of Jesus. We're not going to let go because we know that Jesus has not let go of us. And even when we want to let go, we are going to continue to hold on to the rope. And even when it doesn't feel like we can hold on anymore, we're going to hold on to that rope. And even when the enemy comes and says, hey, you should probably pick up that other rope, we're not going to pick up the other rope because we've got the Jesus rope in our hands and we're going to hold on to Jesus and we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus. And he is going to be the author and the perfecter of this year in Jesus' name. Father, we love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so we're going to move into response time, and, and we have all the normal ways that we respond. But here is something that I just want to ask today. is just because you are here does not mean that you are holding on to the Jesus rope. And so as we respond to God, I just I want to ask the question, like, have you ever held on to the Jesus rope? If you don't feel like you've actually made that decision in your life, I want you to be able to decide today. I want you to be able to come and just come to 
the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, and know that He embraces you not with your mistakes. He does not embrace you with your past. He embraces you with a hug and celebration, reminding you of the gospel, that Jesus took all of our sins. He took all of our misdoings. He took all the things that we hadn't even done yet and all the things that we don't realize that we have done. And He offered Himself on the cross. And when we put our faith in Jesus on the cross, God gets all of that stuff and we get the righteousness of God. And here's the crazy part of that. What does that mean? That means that when God looks at you, He sees Christ in you. So all the ways that you're trying to work to God and figure out your spirituality, Jesus is like, hey, I've made the way. I've given you the rope. And so if you feel like that's you and you want to respond to that somehow today, um, that's between you and God. And I just pray that you would talk to him, that you would just talk to him for the first time. And uh, just I know that he'll meet you there. All right, so we're going to respond also at the table of communion. If you're part of the family of God, go to the table. Experience the body of Jesus given on our behalf, the blood of Jesus covering all of our sins, all of our wrongdoings. And when you take of the table this morning, I just want you to remember that Jesus has got you, that he's holding on to you, that he's been doing this for a long time and he's far more qualified than us. And the proof of that is the communion. They've been doing that for a long time. And so just know that God's been on the job for a long time. And then we're going to be able to, if Bright City is your church, we're going to be able to respond in generosity. And so if this is your church, we get to respond to faithfulness. And God, again, this is one of those things where you're like, hey, God, come into my finances. And God's like, hey, have you come into my economics? Have you come into my kingdom? And so we get to respond to God in generosity. And then we get to respond to God in singing and celebration. And then lastly, we get to respond to God in prayer. If you just feel like you need prayer, you're like, I am scared. I don't want to do this year. I'm tired of waiting. I have no idea where God is. We want to pray for you. So why don't you stand? Let's respond to God. Thanks for listening in to Bright City. If this was encouraging, we'd love for you to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're an owner at Bright City, you can give online at brightcity.church or on Venmo to Bright City. Before you go, we'd love to speak this benediction from Matthew 5 over you. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We love you, Bright City.